Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Remake? I would hope. Yeah. Because, you know, we need re- more remakes like Rosemary's Baby and the original Friday the 13th and uh, Diabolique. Monsters Gone PG. Ooh. Did you see that? Oh, yeah. I saw, I saw um, Rob Zombie posted about that. Mm-hmm. Let's intro it and talk about stuff like that. I told my friend, guess who's directing... The monster. monsters and she said Marilyn Manson I was like god damn you are so close you're gonna be scared Mar- Marilyn Manson is, is not gonna have an easy time getting any kind of work he's born again now isn't he what is really so. uh, I think that's a ruse to get out of the trouble that he's in What's he, he's in a he lot of legal now? trouble um, oh. some sexual okay. deviance some harassment was it harassment? No, it was harassment. It wasn't harassment. He harassed. He didn't harass. <laughs> okay. No, it was worse than that. Um, there's a yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's, there's an HBO documentary coming out. I think it's Phoenix Rising. Anyway, <clears throat> listeners, you are listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. This is a podcast where we friends get together and talk about horror movies which we will spoil. First, we talk about Recently Watched, which we try not to spoil. Uh, We thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can find their music on Apple Music or Amazon, where you can buy it digitally, or say hello to them on Facebook, where they are the Moon-Rays. And um, we are not professional critics. We're just your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Jolian. Hello. And Will. Good morning. So, guys, here we are. It's uh, kind of a springy day. Yes. As we record. Kind of Irish weather. 63 yeah. degrees today. Yeah, and then it, the, the overcast kind of rolled in and mm-hmm. the leprechauns quit frolicking. And uh, yeah, but the birds were singing and, you know. Yeah. Were they? they were, uh, I didn't hear any well, birds, but. I don't see much daylight. I chased a squirrel off of the fence with a stick. <laughs> so that felt like spring. With a shillelagh. <laughs> yeah, it was an eight foot shillelagh. I was like, fuck off now. Are you keeping squirrels off the fence now? Uh, it was, seems like an endless, futile endeavor. Um, it was mainly just to remind the squirrel that they're not at the top of the food chain. It was sitting there like a fat squirrel, chattering and just being smug. And I wanted to like let the squirrel know that something unexpected could happen. So I sneaked up with a stick and stuck the stick right up in front of its face and tapped on the wall. It's it's a very tall fence for, yeah. the, for the listeners to hear. Um, and it kind of ran not very far away. Like, 
I don't, why am I talking about this? I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, no, mice are the real horror because yeah. they have no manners. No. Well, squirrels don't either. No. All the rodents just think that uh, because they're fast and, you know, they can do whatever clever. they want. Fast and clever. Can do yeah. what they want. Pretty much. Yeah. If you th- Prove listen- them wrong. Listeners, if you <laughs> think you're going to catch a leprechaun and get their pot of gold... Is Trying little, to catch a mouse or a squirrel <laughs> or a squirrel, yeah. And you then, could probably catch a squirrel in Wash Park because they'll come up to you and eat food out of your hand. Yeah, that's like trying to catch a pigeon. It's like but not that hard. <laughs> if you really grab one, oh no, it is going to tear you up because it's all bitey and scratchy. Yeah, it's and a, full of disease. It's a rat with a bushy tail. Uh huh. Let's be clear. <laughs> Anywho, um, recently watched. Who wants to start it? Uh, I've watched but one thing. Okay. Other than this week's movie. Uh, I watched Inside Man. Inside Man. Spike Lee, 2005, 6, something like that. 1998. 1998, <laughs> was it? Okay. Even how, earlier. How do you know that? No, we, we always say 1998. Oh, we? that's right. It is 1998. Was it 97? I thought it was 97, <laughs> but oh, whatever. I'm, sorry, I'm wrong. It came out the year after as a sequel to... The, the year after everything else? Silence of the Lambs, 1997. <laughs> <Right>. uh, <clears throat> anyway, Spike Lee, Denzel Washington, Clive Owen, Jodie Foster... Willem Dafoe. Hmm. <sighs> Underwhelming. Um, just kind of happens. There's I an, mean, there's an actor named Kim Director in it. Uh huh. <laughs> what a what a what a cool trick. Just name yourself Director. I want to direct. Yeah, you should just name yourself Will Associate Producer. Mm. I see where you're going with that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, how was anyway, it? Anyway, it was underwhelming. Like I said. Um, it went through all the broad strokes of a heist movie, but it all felt very generic, like you kind of knew where it was going and what was going to happen, and didn't really care in the end. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, it felt like the most sort of artless Spike Lee movie I'd, I'd seen. Hmm. felt very, like, <clears throat> if you took his name off it, Never guess. You're just picking up a check. I really feel like it. I felt like everybody in it was punching a clock. Like they all got together and said, hey, let's make a million dollar movie. You know, who cares? <laughs> so it lacked all of his usual design elements, like the color design and all that all kind of, of stuff. That. Um, yeah, it really felt like a, I don't want to say a TV movie. It felt like a movie. It was shot well, mm-hmm. <clears throat> edited well. Everything worked. But the movie itself was just kind of, you know, a limp noodle. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And for a heist movie, you, you figure heist movies are usually fairly tense. Yeah. In a way, there's a certain amount of suspense there. Are they going to get away with it? But you don't. Clive Owens, the bank robber, mm-hmm. uh, one of them. There's four of them. Um, they go into a New York bank. And dressed as painters and block all the cameras with some infrared thing and uh, lock the doors and take everybody hostage. There's about 30 people in the bank. They make them all dress in the same outfit. So 
So they bring in a duffel bag full of paint suits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody knows <clears throat> um, who's who, and they keep people broken up. But you never really learn why the. I mean, I can't say that you don't learn why they're doing what they're doing. But as it's revealed through the the movie, you don't. I didn't never felt a connection to any of the robbers, so I didn't feel any sort of payoff with their success hmm. of the of the heist. Right. Um, I don't know if I was supposed to identify more with Denzel Washington's. He's a detective who may or may not be crooked. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. Am I rooting for him to catch these guys? Who am I rooting for in this movie? And then Jodie Foster's character is kind of, I don't know, she's a fixer who's hired by a rich guy to go in and basically talk the uh, bank robbers into giving her his safety deposit box so nobody can find out what's inside it. Oh. That turns out what they're after. <clears throat> I won't reveal what it is. Hitler's baby teeth. Pretty close. Oh, okay. It's, uh, it's Nazi stuff. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it's Nazi stuff. He he was he was a, a Swiss banker who took a lot of advantage of of Nazi loot. Okay, to set up his own bank here in the states, and they want to get that information to blackmail him. I guess I don't really know. Hmm. Did we say we wouldn't spoil or we would try not to spoil yeah, it? Yeah, the hell. It came out in 1998. Yeah. You should have seen it by now. Do you know what happens in Psycho? <laughs> oh, did you see um, uh, John Eaves, who's this concept artist for Star Trek? Um, I've met him at a few conventions. But he uh, Last week, he posted the result of this project he's been doing, which is to go through uh, to f- track down the, the locations for... Uh, every scene in Psycho. Oh, and really? Then, and then, because he's a, you know, he, he, he knows how to manipulate pictures. He's got these side-by-side photos. So there's like the original photo and then there's an exact match of it of where the location is now. Wow. And then he he spliced the characters into the now location. How oh, so cool. It, it matches up perfectly. I'm going to have to look this up. Oh, yeah. I was, I'll send you a link to the site. It's, oh, it's wow. amazing. I love it. Yeah, that's kind of like what uh, Sean Clark does with the uh, Horrors Hallowed Grounds. He goes and finds those locations no matter how hard it is to find them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Goes through a lot of trouble for what's essentially, I don't know if he makes any money off of it, but it's essentially a hobby. But for people who are real film nerds, it's like, yay, look look at the thing. (laughs) Well, I went through the museum I worked at and picked out all the props they'd used in Star Trek episodes. (laughs) Yeah. From Next Generation, I'm sure the original series too, but I didn't look into that one. But Next Generation through like Voyager used a bunch of, you know, uh, contemporary art chairs and postmodern oh. kind of art chairs and oh, okay. coffee cups and tumblers and whatnot. And, uh, you know. How interesting. So you're like, ooh, it's <clears throat> futuristic, but it was made in, you mm-hmm. know, 1974. Right. Something. So. I love that. Yeah, I love the expired future. Yeah. That's Retro such... future, I believe they call yeah. it. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Check out the subreddit. Okay. I, I, keep, I keep getting new subreddits suggested to me by Reddit, and I, I feel like I'm never, 
I'm never going to find the, the bottom of the internet. <laughs> yeah. Hold my Cosmo is the one that I fall down that rabbit hole the most. Yeah. It's, it's basically drunk women doing foolish things. Oh and, yeah. I've, I've been on there. Yeah. I've seen, you know, watch me dance on this card table. It's clearly not going to support your weight. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> something <laughs> stupid. Those are always good. There's, you know, hold my beer and yeah. hold my feeding tube can be a little harsh because <laughs> you're like, ooh, somebody got really hurt in that one. I don't know if I want to watch that. Right. <laughs> oh, he's fat. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, anything else on the recently watched list? That is it. Wow. Uh, Jolene, do you have anything? Nope. Because I know you've been busy with some uh, comic book stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing. Um, so I, I finished doing the weekends at the Denver Art Museum with uh, as, a, as a local writer named Alan Brooks, and he did a book um, a couple of years ago called Anguish Garden, and he's doing the sequel now, which I'm doing the penciling and inking for. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, and that's being funded, but we have to get a certain number of pages done per week in order to maintain the funding. Ooh. So wow, it's uh, it's running in How front of a pages? train. Uh, they want five. Okay, which is oh, that's yeah. It's, it's been a lot of that's rough. Thirteen, fourteen hour days, seven days a week. A lot of scenes in black caves. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> with eyes and just yeah. words. Yeah, I, I I keep saying that to the layout guy. Yeah, let's just have a few like single headshot pages. You know, you can you can. Do captions <laughs> tell you what's going on? <laughs> twenty-two pa- twenty-two panels that always work. Use it. Yeah, but it's been like all these like eight or nine <clears throat> panel pages with scene changes. Oh and- no! Oh, come uh, on, we need silhouettes. No, it's <laughs> yeah. How about just the two characters and then do the Mad Magazine interlocking vo- um, dialogue bubbles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those are great. There you go. They invented that, didn't they? Mad Magazine. Oh, I'm sure somebody did that before they did. I don't know. I think it was mad, and then crack picked it up. And yeah, then everybody else. And then, and then it's who's, who's that writer for Marvel who does? Everyone talks like a stand-up comedian. Is it <laughs> Bendis? Bendis. Yeah, they have all these like spaghetti junctions of speech yeah. arrows. I don't know. I still go by don't put more than fifteen words in a balloon. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't put more than like 30 words in a panel. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm not going to read all that and I'm writing it. <laughs> yeah. They, you look at 70s comics and it'd be like so much in the uh, caption boxes. It'd oh, I'm, be I've text. been rereading the X Men from whenever Claremont started. Yeah. Till I'm, uh, I'm in the early 80s and oh, God, they're so wordy. <laughs> And everybody has to announce what their power is when they show up, you know, just either in a thought balloon or just out loud to everybody. I'm Gravitron. I can control gravity. You're like, yeah, we all know who you are. Right. We fought you two weeks ago. It's in your name. <laughs> it's in your name. Yeah. Well, the good thing about working digitally is when when a new scene comes up, I can, it takes a long time, but you you can draw a scene and then expand it out uh-huh. and then just record that. And then if that scene comes back, I can just... Just reuse it? Yeah. yeah. just crop it and stick it. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, I know some uh, people are doing that with, like, room designs so you can 
oh, yeah, kind of 3D, 3D the room yeah, yeah. and spin the room around and, and keep it all yeah. straight instead of drawing it on grid paper like we used to. Right. And you're like, nah. Halfway through, you decide, I don't think anybody even noticed if I put the light in the wrong place. Yeah, your brain switches over to Vince Coletta. Yeah. yeah like, just erase this. Erase. It's not necessary erase. to the story. <laughs> yeah, in that uh, Marvel's book you lent me talks about Kirby doing like 120 pages a month. A month. Wow. Oh, what a machine. Shit. Yeah. And he was penciling those. I mean, I could understand if he was going straight to ink or something, some Jack Davis sort of Marvel, mm-hmm. but wow. That is a lot of pages. Yeah. That's when you start doing four panels a page, I guess. <laughs> no no roller coaster. <laughs> no roller coaster. Yeah. Scenes. But he would draw big fantastic machines that have, oh. you know, mm-hmm. eleven thousand rivets and uh. Yeah, detailed he, parts. He developed and, this kind of grammar of doing, you know, where ev- everything. And so he, he could just like, <coughs> draw on this. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't have to reference anything. No, he didn't reference it. And I understood he started in one corner and just kind of worked mm-hmm. his way across the page. Yeah. And it all come out perfect. He would never get any wet ink on his hand. No, didn't do any, <laughs> like, uh, what tattoo thumbnails or anything. <laughs> yeah, he, he rarely inked his own stuff, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't ink much, so. Oh, okay. But uh, he penciled the hell out of stuff. They're mm-hmm. not like sketchy, you know, you figure out the background. He's doing it all. Yes. Wow. You know, that's just <laughs> incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Spaceman, demon, let's go have a fight under that roller coaster. <laughs> yes. Jack Kirby's kiss. <laughs> right. Meets the Phantom of the Park. So uh, that was it for recently watched? Meets a bunch yep. of disappointed eight-year-olds. <laughs> I was like 12 or 13, and who boy was I disappointed. I can only imagine. Oh, man. only imagine. I was so ready for that to be good. Oh, yeah. And it so was not. Yeah. Well, you guys know we watched it. Yeah, I know. It was far from good. Real far. Yeah. So did you watch anything this week other than that? was it. Wow. <laughs> Um, Eyes without a faith, or no? Yeah, boys from County Hell. Uh, boys don't cry. Um, for boys me, from County Hell don't cry. <laughs> um, for me, I watched an Irish cure story. <laughs> that would be great, Robert O. Smith. It's an Irish cover band of the Cure, mm. the O Cure. I don't know. We're working on that one. Uh, so would you watch this I, week? Okay, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a, a quick rundown. I won't I won't uh, dwell too long on any one of them. Um, we've been watching the Ghosts, uh, the BBC series Ghosts, from uh, I think most recently 2019. Uh, this one is fun. I don't know um, why they had to do the same thing. Okay, I shouldn't say that because the Office, the U.S. version of the Office, a lot of people love that. And it worked, and it's and it worked, and it's good. It's not as good, but yeah, it, it worked. yeah. It, it's it's got um, <clears throat> enough of its own voice, I think, that people have been able to say, "Wow, I can enjoy both and not feel like it's the same thing rehashed." But this one, um, we started the the U.S. version, and then found out there was a BBC version of it. And uh, did I mention we have dogs <laughs> in the show? Okay, uh, so. 
we just jumped over to the uh, BBC one, and it's um, it started in April of 2019, and it's still going. There may be a fourth season. I think they announced that there's going to be a fourth season, but it's a lot of fun. It's about a uh, a young couple, and I say young because you know I'm old, but uh, they find out that uh, the the wife has inherited a house because she is the last uh, person who's tangentially related to the family who this uh, house had belonged to and um, they move in and then she finds out she can see and hear ghosts he the husband cannot and at first isn't sure she's well but then through a series of events find out that it's verified yes they can you know see and do things and she can kind of relay that information <clears throat> it's of course a comedy it is very funny uh, the it's a docu series. <laughs> it's a docu series. Um, so uh, <clears throat> this this is filmed in Surrey. So uh, for anyone on the show here who's familiar, <laughs> it's at West Horsley Place is where they film it. But um, the ghosts, the best part about them is they're they're sort of stuck in how they died, but they can learn as they go. So there's a ghost of a caveman. And he's becoming, for a caveman, more articulate. Yeah, he's my favorite. <laughs> he's developing a sense of humor. Uh, that, that, and a sense of irony. And you know, so it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm just going to say, if, if that's your thing, if you like comedy that is vaguely got a horror bent to it, this is a good one for you. Um, I watched, uh, this is the kind of thing you should watch with a friend. Uh, brand new cherry flavor. Uh, this is on Netflix. It is um, about a woman who, oh, what's the best way to describe it? It's a, it's, it's horror, but there is some, you know, drama, of course, to it and some comedic elements, but it's mostly drama. And it's um, about a woman named Lisa Nova, who is, uh, she shows up in LA and she is determined to have her film made. She's done a, a black and white short version of her movie and i know what's the babadook <laughs> i was just gonna say oculus or the babadook <clears throat> um pick one uh but she uh she trusts this sleazy producer guy or director or whatever but he's he's kind of on the verge of being washed up and he's definitely got some uh, harvey weinstein elements to him and when she finds out that yeah she's been burnt by this guy for real she goes to this person who said, I, you know, if you need help with anything, you know, kind of revenge related, uh, I can help you. So she goes to this person and puts a curse on him and hilarity ensues. Um, I've got one episode left. Oh, it's a series. It's a series. I, yeah. Did, did I not say it was a series? I took it as a movie. Oh, okay. It's a series. Sorry. Um, yeah, but this is the kind of thing that, you know, it, it it'd be fun to watch with somebody. Uh, I've, uh, also decided that next time I get a movie pick, which I think is a few episodes from now, I'm going to pick Rosemary's baby. Did we watch Rosemary's baby? I don't think we did. We did the exorcist. I think yeah. eh, if I'm wrong, yeah, I don't remember doing Rosemary's baby. Yeah. I was going to say, if I'm wrong, then I will, uh, that's fine. I mean, unpick I'll, it. I'll talk about it again. Yeah, I I scrolled through really quick and because and, and, I felt like we must have covered this. But um, 
I think I talked about it then. Maybe you did. Maybe you just... Because <clears throat> I watched it about you know, six months ago or so. Yeah. Maybe it was just you remembering the recently watched. Yeah. But I had watched it maybe two years ago and really enjoyed that rewatch. Yeah. And I felt fantastic. like it was, it was due for another watch, especially after finding out some things about, you know, the making of the movie. There's a lot of, you know, really cool behind the scenes stuff, but it, it's gorgeous. Again, we have to separate the art from the artist with Roman Polanski and some of his problematic behavior in the past, but, uh, such a good movie. Um, that, that's about all I'm going to say about it. It, it does, it does. However, one last thing I will say is it does remind you of a lot of that reveal moment in movies that have been done since where it's like, Oh no, they were all in on it. That kind of moment, you know, when everyone's leaning in and looking all warpy at the camera. Yeah. I think they, that's the first one to do that. I think it was, <clears throat> there might've been a couple things before it, but you know, there's some of those moments in old black and white films where somebody's looking around a room at people, but yeah, but where there there's a kind of lens distortion, people kind of leaning in one at a time, and then as a group or whatever, you know, that that kind of thing. I think this is the the genesis of that. Anyway, uh, that's it for me, and then of course. Um, Happy St. Patrick's Day. We're going to talk about an Irish horror movie. Uh, I know in the past I, I've, I've done a little history of the holiday and who was St. Patrick and what? A Welshman? You're kidding me. He wasn't even Irish? What? <laughs> There's a whole bunch of stuff there. There's but no snakes in Ireland? No. He chased them out. <laughs> uh, that... There never were? <laughs> see? See how that works? Um Hey, there were never mosquitoes in Hawaii until they showed up on some boat. You yeah. Know, you know, that's where you get rodents and other pests, no matter what your paradise. They build a fence down the length of Australia to keep rabbits on one side. Yeah. Until somebody left the gates open. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's a, you're only uh, as strong as your weakest link, right? Uh, yeah. You know, who would have thought rabbits would breed like rabbits? <laughs> right. <laughs> what, what's the problem? Are they destroying crops? Why? Yeah, they just eat everything. But then you eat them. Uh, you can only eat so many rabbits. Really? And they're calorie deficient. Oh. You can't live on rabbit meat alone. Yeah, because it's fast twitch muscle. Yeah, you're not they're getting just... enough iron and whatnot. They're too sinewy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. No matter what crops they eat. And there's nothing there in australia that eats them that's wild really because they're all kind of slow-witted marsupials uh, is my understanding okay with no real predators huh so this is this is a real learning except the bunyip <laughs> the, bun, the bunyip yeah what about the yowie i don't know the yowie but the bunyip is australian i believe <laughs> what is it some monster Yuppie bunnies. No, it's the bunyips. Bunyip. Look it up. I don't remember <laughs> okay. what he is exactly. What he bun looks yup. like. B u n. Yup. Yup. Yeah. Okay. Bunyip. Bunyip. Okay. Bunyip. All right, okay. Kim. Right. Put your hand in the bunyip. 
Uh, let's see. It's a <clears throat> creature from the Aboriginal mythology of southeastern Australia. Yeah. Said to lurk in swamps, billabongs, creeks, riverbeds, and waterholes. Is, isn't a billabong a waterhole? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's redundant. Uh, Anywho, do you think that's where a bong gets its name? Possibly, but I thought that was Swedish. Oh, okay. No, I'm making that up. <laughs> hey, man, I'm willing to believe anything at this point. Because the okay, the Yowie that'd be Bork. <laughs> the Yowie is uh, is it's, Australia's it's, Bigfoot. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, if they don't exist, why does why does it make an appearance in all of these different cultures? I have to wonder. I don't know. An innate fear of the wild man. Uh, that could of be nature, kind of personified, or man kind of getting hairy. driven back to nature. And more animal than man? I don't know. That seems like a kind of universal fear. Hmm. That seems reasonable. The bunyip. Yeah, it's kind of weird looking. There's some little pictures of it. Yeah. It's kind of floopy and gangly, but also kind of gargoyle looking. Speaking of monsters, how about the monster in this week's movie? Oh, man. Yeah, I like a, I like a gaunt, sinewy vampire. Well, I looked it up, and uh, Abhartek? Yeah. Abhartek? Yeah. Uh, is Irish for dwarf. Yes. And oh, he's supposedly interesting. supposedly an evil magician who was a dwarf. Yes. And they killed him, and he kept coming back, and eventually they stabbed him with a sword made out of you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they buried him head downwards. Buried him head downwards and put a bunch of rocks on him. I okay, guess. and he didn't come back. How interesting! Um, that and they think maybe that is where Bram Stoker got his idea of Dracula, because evidently he didn't have a whole lot of notes on Dracula, on you know Vlad Tepes the, or whatever. Yeah, Vlad Tepes, the Impaler. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, this one is set. In uh, Six Mile Hill, which is a fictional town, and uh, their claim to fame is that Bram Stoker stayed there once and uh, and based Dracula on the local legend, which was the uh, Apartheid yeah. that you just mentioned. Now, that, that's certainly not true. He was just going with uh, European vampire lore, I'm sure. Maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah, he had, he had a book on the, uh, Transylvania. Yeah. So it had little to do with Vlad the Impaler, but more to do with just European vampires. Yeah. So is it more Eastern European where they're really fearful of them still? Definitely at the time. Yeah. I mean, now everyone's got an iPhone. They could just be like, oh, see, it's not real. Or, you know, depending on who you ask, it's totally real. <laughs> I think the original vampire stories were Greek, weren't they? It was the Strugoi. Yeah, I think so. And they were like more bird-like. Mm-hmm. And then uh, as it spread around Europe, there's like always variations. But uh, one of the common variation, common beliefs is that uh, uh, you can kill a vampire by beheading them, but to keep them in position, you have to stick something through them and nail them to the ground. Right. Mm-hmm. Or they bury them 
head down or face down. Yeah, is that a crossroads? Face down at a crossroads. So when they dig out, they dig down. Mm-hmm. Tie their shoelaces together. Because they together. wouldn't realize gravity. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think all vampires are taught to spit when they get buried so that you know which way's up. Yeah, just like an avalanche survivor. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when I suggested this one, uh, what were you expecting, if anything? Um, I thought you had said it was a comedy. Uh, did I? It's it sort of... I, you you I, didn't I, describe it as like Shaun of the Dead, but more... I was expecting something a little funnier. Yeah. It, the humor's uh, the the humor that there is is pretty, you know, the humor itself isn't necessarily dark, but it's in a it, it's in in a scene where everything bad is happening. <laughs> so, it's not much of a laugh. Yeah. You know, when when you do get somebody saying something humorous, it's usually like, yeah, but he's bleeding out. <laughs> I I could follow about 80% of what most people were saying because the, the, the is these are Northern Ireland accents. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pretty heavy brogue. And uh, there's a particular character, the Frenchy character. Uh-huh. Uh, his name is Frenchy, by the way. Right. I'm not... I'm not uh, he, it, but I, I got like 20% of what he was saying. Even the uh, the closed captioning didn't know what oh, he was, was saying. Oh, that was rubbish. I tried the... <laughs> I switched on the subtitles and they're like completely missing. There were times when Frenchy would speak and it would be indecipherable would be the <laughs> subtitle and you're like mm, i got about 25 percent of what he said i'm not clear yeah i was getting more than the subtitles gave me so i, I stopped using them yeah that's great uh this clock's in at 89 minutes will you were probably thrilled to see that yes always right best movie of the year <laughs> right it came in a minute under you know uh next week's movie it's exactly ninety minutes long. Well, there you go. Perfect yeah. movie. You know, we should we should uh, just make the the whole podcast ninety minutes or less. Uh huh. Okay, and then and then we can do any kind of movie. Yeah. Hey, there's. But an it idea. has to be ninety minutes or less. Mm-hmm. Or we only watch ninety minutes of it. <laughs> any ninety minutes, I don't care. You can cut off the front, the middle, the you know the end. Yeah. I like to leave it All endless. Right. That, just cut good, the end off. That's a good uh, son of podcast. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're doing a test at school and the teacher says, time's up, pencils down, mm-hmm. pass your test to the front of the class. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, it's 90 minutes, the movie's over. But, 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 what are Thelma and Louise going to do? <laughs> I don't know. They're in a car. Fine. They'll uh, be sure. fine. I'm sure it the, all worked out for them. They hang a sharp left and everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> or something we don't know <laughs> there's a parachute in the trunk brad pitt's still in the trunk that's a different car um, they all just end just movies just end now now there was a cop in the trunk i should rewatch Thelma and louise yeah yeah i've not seen that since it came out yeah it'll save you so much time with marvel movies wouldn't it oh it would. it'd be great because they're gonna be fine there's no death in this universe that sticks yeah yeah you can either cut out the beginning, which you know it's probably going to be boring rehash of the origin, <laughs> and you could cut out the end just as easily because you know it's going to be a blue sky beam killing everything. <laughs> um, take the middle; you might get a few jokes and mm-hmm. an action sequence, probably a nice set piece. 
Yeah, and you, it's only 90 minutes of your day ruined. Not but, the whole two and a half hours. <laughs> okay, well, if you cut the end off, then you miss like the uh, 12 minutes of credits and then that scene at the end of the credits. Oh, yes. That's going to tell you something about the next movie. Yeah. We'll just watch the next movie. We we'll yeah. just watch the next movie. Yeah. Then we'll you'll just have to go back to wondering what the next movie will be. Yeah. Which, you know, back in the day, we used to have to uh, be at a house for a phone to ring to get a phone call. Uh-huh. And... Uh, or to watch a TV show. And um, if you wanted to know what the next movie was, you had to wait and go to that movie. Yeah. So let's go. Except James Bond, because they always said James Bond will be back in yeah. such and such. That's Sometimes true. they lied. They did lie, yes. Well, maybe they were just mistaken. Yeah, we changed the <laughs> title. Yeah. We, uh, we started writing a thing, and then we decided... Uh, well, we to replicate comics, when I watched The Punisher series on netflix i skipped an episode or two because i never always got all the comics Mm -hmm. because you'd miss a month here and there right i'll never get number 11 now (laughs) i remember those days yeah so um will do you want to give a uh, recap i know you watched this recently i just watched this this very afternoon me too um yeah we uh we're in an irish town uh, you mentioned the name Six Mile Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any hills that high in <laughs> all of Ireland. Um, we meet a couple of lads who uh, meet a couple of Canadian backpackers, mm-hmm. and they uh, they're out to see the Cairn, which is a pile of rocks that's got some local lore about it that. Uh, it's the burial place of an evil vampire. It's a pile of rocks that demands to see the manager. Yeah. A cairn. A cairn. <laughs> okay. And uh, that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> they take the backpackers out there and tell them some spooky story and their friend scares them. I have to ask you real quick. Did, uh-huh. you, did you get American Werewolf in London vibes immediately when you saw the two people walking down the road? Uh-huh. Well, okay. I mean, they even say there's spo- no moors here. Right. Um, uh, and then we cut to, uh, back to the lads and one of them's got a drinking problem and two hands and only one mouth. His name is, yeah. <laughs> uh, what the hell was his name? Michael. Uh, Michael was the, <clears throat> Michael was the one who wants to go to Australia. Uh, and then I the thought that ones, was William, uh, wanted to go to Australia. Oh, William, is it? Yeah. But I can't remember the Eugene? lead. The, Eugene. Eugene yes. is the, the dark-haired guy. Yeah. yeah, and he is fixing up his mother's farm, and he finds a skull mm-hmm. um, down in this hole under the barn. Right. I'm not quite sure what that was, but um, his dad has been hired. His dad is a local contractor, and they've been hired to clear a field for a new... Uh, thoroughfare that's going through and of course it goes right over the vampire's grave so they have to disturb the rocks mm-hmm. and then there's a night watchman that they thoughtfully put out for the vampire because he knew he was going to die Yeah, immediately when you say oh a night watchman mm-hmm. yeah that's you know a beat cop is probably just above them on the food chain of you know monster Night movies. Watchman, Security Guard, yeah. beat Security cop. Guard, Beat Cop, any faceless sort of authority. It right. looks like he had 
just two months to go before retirement. He looked like he was on death's door anyway. And, right. uh, of course, he gets killed. We find out later it's not really the vampire that kills him. But mm-hmm. anyway, that night he comes back and starts killing people and uh, messing with the lights. And they stake him, but he doesn't stay dead. So they bury him with rocks. The rocks that they hit. The vampire put back on the grave, mm-hmm. or somebody put back in the grave, we find out. Um, and then the uh, vampire, the original vampire, sticks his foot out of the grave. Yeah, because the, the, we have a, uh, there we fixed it. moment. Because he's buried upside down, is right. why his foot sticks out of the grave. Yeah. Um, you know, they weren't just making fun of somebody's hand coming out of the grave. Right. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, then it's another, I don't know, 45 minutes of vampire slaying or running from a vampire. Yeah, basically. We learn what a good place, good room is. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I'm not familiar with a good room. No, I wasn't either. <laughs> um, it's a room you set aside for visitors mm-hmm. and put all your good stuff in it. Yeah. And nobody ever uses it. <laughs> That's interesting. Jolien, is this a thing in England as well? Uh, no, I understand it's mostly Irish. Yeah. Okay. You'd have, uh, in England, you'd, you'd talk about your best china. Uh huh. Yeah, you'd that's what like you do here. Yeah. Fancy plates set aside. For- yeah, you have the fancy china that nobody ever uses. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for special occasion, but there's no occasion special <laughs> enough to break out that fine china. Yeah. Does anybody's grandmother ever get that stuff out, even for Christmas or Thanksgiving? No. And no. that was my understanding of the good room was you set it aside for visitors on like Christmas, I suppose maybe Easter or something, but then you don't actually ever let anyone in there. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. I have some, uh, some vintage, um, china that is uh you know from the 50s and it's really mod and really cool and uh i I use it once in a while you know it's uh pretty durable stuff it's not like that super frilly foofy stuff that you know is going to chip if you look at it which i think is the problem every uh every plate set i've ever bought has just been used till Till they're no more, you know. Yeah, I'm not precious about antique plates. <laughs> no, they're. I've had some nice sets, uh, you know, but you got to use them. Yeah, if you like vintage stuff, one thing you should know is that if it still exists, it was probably made well, and you should go ahead and use it. Yeah, that's why I had an 80 year old coffee pot. <laughs> you know, it still works. So the only uh, people that we get out the fancy stuff for died during the pandemic. So. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, yeah. man, Obama. Well, really... now you can use it all the time, right? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Just bring it out. I mean, there's no no point in holding back now. Get out the murder china. The murder china. <laughs> the amative old china set. Ooh, oh, yeah. goes with the lamp, the evil lamp. So, um, yeah, like you said, the you know we we get about forty five minutes of. Uh, you know the oh, the running we, the running vampire battle. I forgot the <clears throat> uh, the most important thing. The uh, original vampire can draw your blood out just by being nearby. Yeah, I thought that was probably the neatest part of it. It was pretty original. Yeah, I, I can't remember anything else. 
making blood come out of your nose and eyes and other parts. Yeah. And then outside of psychic movies. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen it in a vampire movie, but yeah, that was a pretty uh, pretty original take on on and how they, they exsanguinate you. They decide quickly to decapitate the vampire, but find out it doesn't work. Nothing seems to work. And then sunlight doesn't work either. Right. So what does work? Rocks. Bury them under some ground with some rocks on it. And I think a chieftain had to bury them. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it had to be because the uh, uh, Eugene was. His mom's clan was, whatever, I can't remember the name. He's a cool Khan. Yeah. Yeah. So that means, so he's he's the uh, the senior male of that bloodline? And there, yeah. Therefore, he's a chieftain? Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. I think he's the only one. <laughs> he's, the, he's the last one left. He's the last yeah. one, yeah. Because so, it's a pretty small town. So it's it's upon him to do this, and, and that, that will trap the vampire, but it doesn't, Kill them. Does not kill them. I don't Just, think they can be killed. They can only be contained. Yeah. Um, Jolien, what did you think of the creature design when we finally saw the vampire, other than lurking in the shadows? Yeah, and you, you finally get to see him as another skinny, dark figure. <laughs> Whoever the equivalent of Doug Jones is in yeah, Ireland. Yeah, the Irish they got, Doug Jones. Yes, they got that guy. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been creepier if it was Peter Dinklage? <laughs> and he had been... Yeah, it's like a little person. The opposite of the original legend, and the yeah, tall skinny guy. Yeah, because I yeah. looked it up about the time he appeared on screen. I was like, okay. oh, what? What's the name really mean? Right? Uh, is this a real legend? And I looked it up, and it's like dwarf. And then he appeared on screen, like, mm, wow. Yeah, he's okay. Like, he's like six foot three and really skinny. <laughs> they were taller back then. Yes, they were like nine foot and up. Yeah. So six three was pretty short. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I like the. Um, I thought the blood draining was like the opening scene with the uh, the couple in yeah. the living room, and they suddenly start bleeding. That was really good. It was mundane anxiety and yeah, um, yeah. Was, I, I thought oh, this is good horror stuff. Yeah, this, this is going to be good. Uh, and and then much later in the film, when things escalate and you have everyone in the town is being bled, and the the street is literally running with blood. That would be a very um, potent image in Northern Ireland because oh yeah, uh, oh, yeah. You'd have, you know yeah, Ian Paisley and someone banging on about blood in the streets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of blood in the streets in the 70s and 80s, especially. Yeah, there's um, there's definitely something about this movie where it feels like uh early efforts and I, and I did not really dig into um, the, the director who was also a co-writer. Uh, I did not look into whether they had much in their background, but uh, it, it felt like, you know, early effort and maybe their, their style is going to um, evolve yeah, think, and improve. I think Chris Bohr had done a short based on this same idea. Okay. Black and white short, <laughs> which was much better. <laughs> It should have been 20 minutes. Uh, I didn't feel that about this. No, no, I no. Was, I'm just joking about the Babadook. I wasn't, I wasn't terribly entertained by this. I thought I had some neat ideas. Yeah. I wasn't bored at any moment. Mm-hmm. Um, it just kind of got bogged down near the end. It felt like, okay, I've seen this thing before. Uh-huh. Um, I like that you said bogged down. <laughs> 
<laughs> Didn't seem like it was a bog there, though. No, no, there were no bogs, but you know, they, they couldn't be far away. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. I don't think it was. Uh, or I was going to say, I don't think it would have been. It would have benefited if it was shorter. Right. I think I don't think it was. Uh, like the Boba Duke, where you're like, oh God, why did you stretch this out? This didn't feel like that. Like, oh, they stretched this out. They stuck a big chunk in the middle that doesn't go anywhere or do anything. Right. Um, where where did it hit and where did it miss as far as you're concerned? Uh, well, like Jolien, I think the opening scene was really good. I thought the, you know, the whole vampire draining people as he walks through the town was a good creepy image yeah um so they could have maybe extrapolated that sort of they could have done something more with that it just it ended up being you know another um you know we gotta fight the monster yeah another run and gun yeah kind of thing um i i thought the the leg bit at the end was silly it was definitely silly they were just trying to cement that it was a horror comedy maybe see i didn't find it funny at all i didn't find any of i don't know that there were any jokes in it i mean some people said things that were droll or kind of wry while they were you know bleeding out on the sofa but right i don't know it didn't work for me yeah it it i think you have to either take the humor up a couple notches or just dial it out completely. You know, there can be some ironic moments or some humorous moments in a horror movie where it's like, really now this, but other than that, yeah, you you either have to turn it up or turn it down. I think it was kind of middling a little too much Mm -hmm. uh, as as far as being a supposed comedy. I felt that it, it took time to kind of build up the, I mean, not really, I felt like it didn't, it neither built up the legend really or the characters in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It just kind of slowly dulled them out. Here they are. And then it took a while before anything happened. And then when it happened, it was kind of expected. Yeah, most of the characters were pretty likable. Even the somewhat loathsome dad, you know, uh, Eugene's dad was like Frenchy. Frenchy, yes. Um, even he wasn't loathsome. Francie, yeah. Even he wasn't loathsome or hateable. He was not really. He I had mean, flaws that made him a little less likable, but everyone was pretty likable. Which yeah, because they they cared about each other. So. Yeah, it was a good group of friends. How yeah. much of a drunk do you have to be for the others? To be like, oh man, you got a problem. <laughs> like, ooh, slow down. <laughs> yeah, to be kicked out of the local tavern. Yeah. Yeah, that. Wow, <laughs> that would take something. That's that's like being banished from the whole community. It would be in a small town. It would in be, a small right? town. What would you do? I mean, you can go to the Tesco, I guess, and get <laughs> some lager and cans, but you're gonna miss out on darts and trivia night. Um, any idea what they call their their big beers there? Because we call them tall boys here. Or the. With the glasses they're drinking? No, no, the, no, the cans. The yeah. can. Yeah, because we, we generic... A big lad? <laughs> we, yeah, we, we refer to them generically as a tall boy. I think Schlitz was the first one to call him that and put it on the can. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but outside of that... Did you notice they greeked every can in this film? They did. So they used real products, do you assume? I, I, I believe they didn't they get did. sponsorship from the yeah, maker. but yeah, they were all Greek to like you know. <laughs> but they weren't like the the ones that almost look like a Budweiser, but they aren't. No, no, no they were they were something local, but okay, yeah, yeah, couldn't get sponsorship, so they went all right. We'll get a Greek every can, sure, yeah. So take that. Um, so uh, so that's some of the stuff you thought worked and and didn't. Julian, anything that you felt especially did or didn't work in this? Yeah, I felt yeah it wasn't funny enough. Yeah, and on the comedy side, and it wasn't horrific enough on the horror side. Like I, uh, I didn't know what the stakes were. Uh, excuse the pun, but uh, <laughs> if this vampire drains off everyone, are they going to turn into vampires, and this is going to spread? Or, uh, or do they just die? Yeah, I wasn't sure what was going to happen with them. Are they a threat or just victims? And is he going to just take his whole food source out? Yeah. And then, then what's he going to do? He's going to wipe out the town, which is like always a problem for vampires, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, not strong enough one way or the other. Uh, yeah. I felt that during the initial vampire encounter with Charlie, the night watchman, um, the music was a bit too comedic. They, mm. were, they were leaning on Eddie Cochran and so on for... Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, kind of... They should have had horrific music for that, and then the and then because it was a ridiculous situation they were in, being unable to kill him straight off, that would have played funnier. Yeah. Um, they don't, but they didn't do it in the rest of the movie. They you know, it was the the movie the music played it straight in the other horror scenes. Yeah. But you have all this like it was this good stuff with like Charlie like putting himself back up the stake when that was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was that was really good, but it was kind of undermining itself. Um, but yeah, I generally mildly enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I liked, uh, the Canadian woman was played by Emma Pates, who was, uh, Martha Kane in Pennyworth. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so I liked seeing her again. Um, uh, I found a couple of things I wondered about. Why is this called the boys from County Hell? Is, is this some reference I'm missing? I didn't get that either. Because... You know, one of the main characters is is a woman, like right, uh, uh, Louise, Louisa. Um, so why is it called the boys from? Uh, yeah, I, I had to wonder was it a um, the boys from Brazil reference, but no, that doesn't really nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with that plot line, you know. That there must be some something I'm missing. Yeah, yeah, because I thought it was going to be like the Lost Boys, like the. Mm-hmm. titular boys here are vampires mm-hmm. yeah. um but yeah that's a good question i thought of too why and the other thing that really struck me was uh no one even mentions the church no there's no picture of a church there's no reference to a local church somebody mentions mass once do they they do mention going to mass yeah, yeah. the next day um but yeah I and mean, surely if you're bunch of vampire hunters someone's going to mention getting hold of holy weapons of some kind yeah give that a try one person says we need holy water the fat guy but uh yeah i was struggling with the dialogue sp (laughs) he did say oh we need holy water but it was a total off okay the cuff kind of reference not said in any seriousness not like we really need that that's always a good question but i i think and you brought this up and i uh, I've thought of it ever since, but 
we've kind of lost that mm-hmm. that end of the you know supernatural threat. We don't no longer have a supernatural you know uh, protection or supernatural defense of any sort now. Yeah, it's just, uh, the, just the evil stuff. It's just the evil around. stuff. We don't get anything good. You know, you can't use a cross anymore. Yeah. You know. But especially in Ireland. I, but Ireland, that's a good point, you would think. Presence. Yeah. You know. You should be able to find a, a crucifix pretty much anywhere. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's weird. I think that um, if you wanted a movie where the threat is really terrifying, 30 Days of Night is a great example of, and when we're talking specifically about vampires, this is something where they really nailed it. And, and I have never read the comics, you know, to be, yeah. to be clear and to be fair about what I'm about to say. But the movie, uh, it shows that they roll into this town in Alaska that's going to be dark for 30 days and they're just going to feast. Well, I was thinking of Midnight Mass when I was watching this. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, I did don't... Did you finish? I did. Um which I, I don't know why I didn't put that on my recently watched, I guess because it was long enough ago that I finished it. But yeah, when you've got this contained or remote uh, town. Yeah, then uh, only accessible by boat. Yeah, or in this case, uh, a long drive apparently. Um, it, it seems like, yeah, that, that adds to the, um, the dread and the threat. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what happens with... Um, 30 days of night is like, if you don't get on that last flight out, uh, then you got to hunker down for a month with no sunlight. And the vampires know this and they show up with their ancient language and their weird twisted eyes and tiny pointy piranha teeth. And, uh, <laughs> and they can smell humans and they can, you know, smell the blood. And even if it's not being shed and hide under buildings and around corners and you can't really do much about it. Unless you're, uh, what's his face? Uh, what was the guy? I wanted to say Channing Tatum, but it wasn't him. <laughs> I don't remember. It's not Hemsworth. It was the guy before those guys. Anyway, um, but yeah, there's a, you know, there's a couple people who figure things out, and then they do battle. And in this one, they try that, but nothing works. I want, I want there to be rules, man. I want, I want there to be like, yes. Uh, okay, we find out this one thing doesn't work, but to find out then the next thing and the next thing don't work, well, that's just disappointing. To be fair, uh, I think it kind of worked in this because they set it up that way. They say at the beginning that they couldn't, they killed him and he kept coming back until they put rocks on him. Okay. So that is fair. To be fair, you know, they thought, you know, and they were kind of subverting our expectations of vampire movies, I believe. It kind of worked for me when the sun rose and, and shone on the vampire and he didn't disintegrate. Right. And then at the end, we're like, oh, I guess some director from Germany uh, mm. added that in the 20s. <laughs> right, and you're wearing your Nosferatu shirt. And I'm wearing a Nosferatu shirt right now. So uh, F.W. Yeah. Murnau. Yep. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Dracula does go out in the sunlight in the book. Yep. It yeah. just weakens him, I believe. Mm-hmm. It, it just weakens his powers, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but the creature design, other than the fact that it runs counter to what the myth supposedly is... Uh, yeah, it looked fine. Yeah, yeah. it's good. I thought it 
all the special effects in this are really good. Yeah, I, I thought it was for you know what was obviously a, a lower budget movie, and I, I didn't even um, I didn't even get into the the budget on it because I I didn't readily find anything. But um, man, it just seemed like uh, like they did spend some money on uh, on some of the props, but mostly the the creature design. Uh, it was filmed on location, so they didn't have to like build a bunch of buildings, and it just looked like they rented some equipment, you know, mm-hmm. ba- backhoes and loaders and stuff, and uh, the big the towers with the lights on them, and everything else was like money spent on. Uh, a pretty decent cast and uh, a really good vampire. Yeah. Now that that tells me right there, like that thing wasn't too far off from could have been a werewolf. You know. Yeah. There's no um, uh, hard line between vampires and werewolves in European law. Right. Yeah. But my point is about the movie making itself. Like we talked about, why is there such a uh, werewolf shortage? Uh, why is it so hard to make a, a convincing werewolf and just? give fleeting glimpses of it you know if it doesn't look good enough um and you and you've spent your entire budget then just judiciously shoot around that and uh just make sure the face looks really good and the claws look really good and if the fur suit's not quite good enough keep it in the shadows and or or fleeting glimpses of it but this uh this creature was just some body hair away from being a, a decent werewolf What's wrong with a pair of jeans and a plaid shirt on your werewolf? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, you know, the, the... Your sport jacket on your Frankenstein monsters. <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, you know... Uh, you know what this reminded me of? What's that? Rawhead Rex. Yes. <laughs> okay, I'm good. I'm glad that I'm not the only one that kept thinking of Rawhead Rex. I try to not think of Rawhead Rex. How can you not? <laughs> it occupies my every waking moment. His rubbery face and his <laughs> general goofiness. Yeah. Danzig likeness. Yeah. <laughs> Too tall for Danzig. Oh, we have to tell the listeners. Evil dwarf, after all. I got an ad for Danzig is going to be playing locally. And his three opening acts have unreadable logos. Oh my God. Especially the last one. The yeah. Needle wolf or <laughs> needle dick or something. And the funny thing is I know cradle of filth, but it was the, oh. yes, the, I, uh, it took me forever born in born. What, what is this? And then I finally realized, Oh, it's cradle of filth. Oh, okay. What did you come up with Julian Lords of Elitch uh, or something? Garden of Elitch. Garden of Elitch. Ooh, I like. That'd be a good Denver. You pretend like Elitch is in the Bible somewhere. (laughs) Nobody knows. The Book of Elitch. Yeah, I know. It's just some dark shit there, man. They were a dark, heavy metal band. Garden of Elitch. And then I thought. Roller Coaster in the Monkey House. We have all sorts of names that are all. You know, from Elitch Gardens. <laughs> and then I started thinking, as a podcast, we could just go to the show. And then I saw the ticket prices, and I oh, said, mm, I didn't nope. even want to know. Yeah, the seats are 50 to 100 bucks. <sighs> Man, and it's at 4 p.m. Because they're all seniors now. No, that's and because... they got to get the early bird special. they got five bands. That's that. I was talking about this 
literally like a week and a half ago at work about how even, you know, like I'll see these metal shows get advertised and I'll say, Ooh, I might consider going to, Oh, how many bands? Mm-hmm. Oh, there's six opening acts yeah. and all their, and all their logos look like piles of thorns. <laughs> and, uh, and so there's a guy at work and we were talking about this and, uh, I said, I want to name a band Franklin Gothic and just have the logo a completely unreadable pile of thorns and then have an opening act uh, called Pile of Thorns and have it written in a sans serif uh, font like Franklin Gothic. <laughs> I think that would be like a really cool like fake gig poster I could make. Ooh. Yeah. I like fake gig posters. We should... how Mud Honey got started. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they put up fake posters, and then somebody said, hey, you're in a band? You want to play my show? And they're like, oh, shit, we and better form like, a band. <laughs> yeah, okay. And so they went and got some instruments, borrowed some instruments, kind of learned how to play a song or two. Hey, I like that. Rest is history. <laughs> so um, the way the story comes around to uh, to uh, the comp- – like we said, the guy is the chieftain of his clan and he's going to be the only one who can finish off the vampire. Um, did either of you feel like this was a setup for a sequel? Mm-mm. Me neither. I felt like they just put a bow on it, called it good. and Yeah, thankfully. And that was it. We don't need the boys are back. Boys from County Hell 2. And then they could use, you know, like a cover of Thin Lizzy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think this is it. I mean, it's, it should be a one and Maybe done. Maybe they could find a f- werewolf in the next one. Hey, you know, that. I would watch it. I or would... a leprechaun. Yeah. Warwick Rex. Rawhead Rex. Oh, no. I was thinking Warwick Davis is leprechaun. And Rubberhead Rex. Rubberhead Rex. <laughs> um, so, uh, any anything else about the movie before we do the recommends? Nah. Okay, Julian, how do you feel about the recommends? Uh, yeah, soft recommend. Soft recommend, okay. Yeah, it's a soft recommend. Yeah. I, if I had to give this a letter grade, I'd say probably a C plus, B minus. Yeah, which I think, again, for first efforts or early efforts. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is... Oh, it's certainly, good, yeah. It's a good start. Yeah. It's not a bad start at all. Very nicely shot. Yeah. Yeah, well, there was some... A lot more drama than there was comedy. You know, like we... We had things like a mom who wasn't going to let the dad finish off the vampire son and she shoots him in the arm and then ends up getting killed by said vampire son. That's just not funny. <laughs> you know, not that they did not intend that scene to be funny, but I'm just saying there's more she of that. could have made it funny. Yeah, the only, the only bit that actually made me laugh was when uh, they're building up to someone saying the V word, but then Frenchie comes out with the C word. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which... It totally derails. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it was good. It's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I think you know we're all we're all kind of right in the middle on recommending this one. You know, it's a soft recommend, but it is a recommend. Mm-hmm. I feel like you've seen worse vampire movies. Oh God, so many worse vampire movies than this, and this one is not it's trying a to vamp. <laughs> I liked that one, <laughs> um, but I, I guess my point is that. Uh, it's kind of like zombie movies in the sense that there are so many people who are like, yeah, all we got to do is this and this and this, and then we can make this movie and then yay. And it's like, do you love horror movies? Do you even know what you're doing? Then if not, then don't. 
because it seems like there's a lot of that going on, especially with zombie movies. But it's like, you know, that thing that George Romero did back in the late 60s, he already did that. (laughs) And you're not going to do it. And if you do anything good at all, it's going to be kind of a fluke. Um, Come up with a different idea like he did. Mm -hmm. You know, he looked at what was happening in Carnival of Souls and some other movies and said, what if that, but they were trying to eat you and you can't really get away from them. And there's too many of them. And then you're, you're, you know, barricaded in a house. That's horrifying for when it came out. And he got a bunch of people together who were willing to make all the sacrifices and do the dishes in a Creek (laughs) and (laughs) live like you're camping and actually chew on guts that they got from a butcher and eat bugs off of a tree and set themselves on fire when they didn't know what the hell they were doing. They did all that. And that's a lot of sacrifice and a lot of ingenuity and a lot of risk. And I think a lot of people now are just like, yeah, that that's the shortcut. Mm, no. Also, also uh, Romero was um, expressing what was going on in society. Yes. Uh, he was, he was, and he was using horror to express it. Yeah. Uh, and he'd grown up, you know, he's a generation that grown up in EC Comics. Yeah. The, you know, ironic retribution. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know what this film was about, the Boys from County Hill. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, is the main yeah, it problem. F- it felt like, okay, so you've, you've got a folklore and it turns into a horrifying reality. And we're just yeah, getting when you get that twist on what happened to the Night Watchman. Yeah, where it turns out it's actually sabotage from somebody who's setting off this chain of vampirism. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, this is you know this saying something about Northern Ireland or something, but then it's but then it didn't. Doesn't yeah, follow through on it. yeah, yeah. It just felt like a little plot gimmick that was just kind of added. Um, yeah, and after my rambling thing about you know filmmakers trying to use vampire or zombie movies as a shortcut. Uh, this one didn't feel like that at all. And I, I don't want to have any listeners think that's what I was saying, but um, this one felt like they had a genuine um, affection for yeah. horror movies and wanted to just make a, another vampire movie. That was pretty good. Yeah. And it's got enough twists in it, you know, yeah. God knows I've sat through plenty of vampire movies waiting for, one or two fresh ideas and being disappointed. Yeah. Uh, there was a fun, I should mention this. There was a funny moment in brand new cherry flavor where the, uh, the awful director guy that I mentioned, um, who has some Weinstein esque, mm-hmm. uh, qualities to him. Uh, somebody says something to him about what's that vampire movie you really like after dark. And he goes, no near dark. <laughs> and I thought, Yes, <laughs> somebody who wrote this is like, "Hey, people, here's a vampire movie." <laughs> here's a good need one. <laughs> yeah, somebody invoke that name because that's a good one. Uh, but anything else about the movie before we? Get I don't out here? think so. All right. Well, we got uh, three kind of mediocre recommends, and and uh, I think that's enough to say. Watch this thing. There's yeah. a, lot, a lot. Have worse. your Guinness. Yeah, have a Guinness. Watch the movie. Enjoy yourself responsibly mm-hmm. <laughs> if you can. Uh, so next time, because we had to rearrange things a little bit, we're going to be talking about Eyes Without a Face, which is Will's pick. Um, wasn't it? Yes. 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 It was your pick. And then we're all going to do the song as karaoke at the end of the show. All right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So stay tuned. 
<laughs> right. Well, listeners, thank you for listening. There's no Moors in Ireland. <laughs>